Genesis chapter 1, verse 2 and 3, the witness to the leading of the Spirit. Like we said, there are some subjects you don't become an expert. And you say, well, I'm an expert, I don't need to hear it again. Or as you are hearing it, you say, well, I know the conclusion of it. One of them is the leading of the Spirit. We have healing. I mentioned a couple of subjects like that. When it comes to the sort of leading of the Spirit, you keep listening again and again. Sometimes it's in listening again and again that you spot something you are not doing or something you ought not to do. And like we did last week in our study last week and I suppose the week before, you need to start working on how you listen. If you're such a person that you speak quickly before you hear things. Giving an answer. You know, you are dealing with a temper problem. One of the ways you know you have a temper problem is when you answer quickly before you listen. That means you have a temper problem. Or where you already have a response in your mind. You have a temper problem. Oftentimes if it's someone that is superior to you at work, you can't respond. But you will visit upon those, the iniquity upon those who are under you. And those who are under them. The children and children's children. You're going to check that. That's why James 1.19 says, Be swift to hear. Slow to speak, the next statement is be slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not walk, the righteousness does not work, the righteousness of God. James 1 19 and 20. So you need to watch how you respond. And if I know someone that doesn't pay attention to the lean of the Spirit, it comes from how you listen to men talk to you. How you listen to a teaching, for example. How you listen to a Bible study. Or how you take instructions. You know, it shows how you will listen to God's Spirit. Amen. I, I've, I've done this for you before, but I'm going to know that what we call the voice of God, usually is someone's voice. That the Lord uses to communicate to you. You say, well, you say, well, what voice? And that's why it comes out to you in the language you understand. Praise the Lord. And so you need to, you know, walk on your listening. One of the attributes of spiritual growth is the ability to talk maturely. First Corinthians 13, 12, 11 Paul says, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I understood like a child. Now that I become a man, I have put away childish things. Childish things. Hallelujah. Those are well, ever since I got to know the word, I now... I now speak my mind. I'm telling you, <laughs> that's the exact opposite. 
I just speak my mind. I don't care whose ox is God. You don't do that. You are able to think before you speak. That's something in the word. You think. Think on the word before you speak. And so, your way, the, the mode of listening must be looked at. Genesis 1, let's quickly just examine that. And we said the, act, the first activity of God in the earth is by His Spirit and it's by speaking. Genesis 1, 1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The two the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters and God said, let there be light and there was light. And we said, God said. God said, we're here. In other words, if God spoke or speaks, that means I have to know how to hear. And last week, we looked at that, right? That sin entered by wrong hearing. Did we do that? Remember that? Yeah, we did. That sin came in by wrong listening. Romans 5.19 How did sin come in? Sin came in by listening wrongly. Glory to God. I know we have observed that sometimes you are in a service and you listen to a statement or an explanation. And then you feel you were there. You even took your notes. You, you took the notes and you, you were so blessed. I remember one meeting like that I attended and Reverend Jim Andrews was teaching and I, I listened to the teaching. I paid 100% maximum attention. I took notes. He spoke for 40 minutes. I took notes. I listened well. I went to the tapes library. I bought the CD. Then I started listening. I thought, how did I miss this one? How did I miss that one? How did I miss that? So oftentimes you take the teaching and you wonder, ah, but I was there. And I was not distracted. Has that happened to you before? It should happen every time. And when you're done, that's not even the best time to know what was said. Then you now start thinking about it. Then oftentimes in the meditation, what was said now becomes clear. So you, you can't be swift to hear. No. You can't be sorry. You have to be swift to hear and slow to speak. You have to hear, hear again, hear again, hear again, listen again, then again, then again. This is Romans 5. Praise the Lord. I said praise the Lord. Romans chapter 5. And verse 19. For by one, as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many may be righteous. The word parakoe, we said that last week. It means to hear beside, to hear what was not said, or to refuse to hear what was said, or to mishear what was said. And... Uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, in case you want us to look at something um, that drives that home, 
where Paul mentions the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, verse 4, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. He says in verse 5, casting down imaginations and every eye thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Notice that, notice that, that is, is dealing with imaginations. Is dealing with thoughts. Okay? Thoughts, imaginations, knowledge. How does he call it? Verse 6. Bringing every thought to the obedience of Christ, into captivity, into the obedience of Christ. Let's take verse 6 together. Uh, let's take it, come on. Having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience. Hold on. All disobedience. So, wrong hearing, that's the word parakohe, will produce what? No, that's the disobedience. Wrong hearing will produce what? Stronghold. Stronghold, which is a belief pattern, a belief system that you have. We are people today who have built denominations on false doctrines, strongholds. And thousands and hundreds of thousands and even millions of people have followed the pattern of their thinking. Strongholds, because they heard the thing wrongly. There was a man who predicted that the, end, the world was going to come to an end in 1923. And he put together scriptures to, come, to support such opinion. I've always said, every time people attempt... End time predictions. End time events. Little I've told in church history, 100% of those who made predictions about the end time have failed. Why? Because it is not within the purview of Bible teaching. But you know, at this particular person, 1923, he predicted it and his denomination is all over the world. There are millions. In fact, it's been said that they are arguably one of the richest religious denominations in the world. They're worth billions and billions of dollars. And they have missionaries in hundreds of thousands, but it's built on what? Wrong hearing. So, so look at that. D- disobedience can produce imaginations and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So, either you refuse to hear or you hear me. Matthew's Gospel 5. Hallelujah. Let me tell you what I'll do. A pastor is taking a series on leading of the Spirit in 2020. I rather have the book Leading of the Spirit. I'm reading it right now. I'm listening to a teaching on that. That's how a student of the Word of God behaves. At that moment, you are ensuring that you are listening to something along that line, or before you come to the service, you listen to the teaching or read the material. That's how a student of the Word behaves. That's how you prepare. For a teaching service. Glory to God. You there? Alright, good. 
Matthew's, Mark's Gospel 5, pardon me, verse 36. We said, As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. As soon as he heard, actually the Greek is, as soon as he refused to hear, he didn't want to hear it. He refused to hear it. Matthew 18, 16, we're going to come back there. Uh, if he refuses to hear you, we'll come back in a moment. To hear. So that means, the word disobedience there, is either a refusal to hear, or hear a mix. Now, a refusal to hear, means you heard something. There's no time, you are not listening to something. You know, some of us think that our emotions... Is just an independent voice. Your emotions are a product of information. Your emotions are in your mind. They are in your thinking. Your emotions are a product of information. Why, why are you sad? You are sad because you know that what has just happened is not a good thing. How did you know? You were told. So your emotions are a product of information. So sometimes some of them, they think what they have is a leading of the spirit when they are feeling bad, they are feeling sad, or they are feeling happy. And I tell, tell people, what's making you happy? Have you found out? So I don't just know. It's unexplainable. How is it unexplainable? Are you sure? I just don't know. I just just know. I don't know. <laughs> Not always true. When I was in the boarding house, you're always happy on Friday. There's just a joy first, the first, uh, first period. It increases by break time. You know, oftentimes by that break time to the end of the day, there's just this thing about the, that class. Like, oh my God, I'm in the bottom house. And I'm just looking at Friday evening. You know, the way you play set. Friday evening is, is different from thought of Monday evening. Friday evening, you say, we'll continue tomorrow. Tomorrow morning. And the sad period is Sunday evening. We're in the bottom house. Sunday evening. Then you start to look for your school uniform. Where did you spread it? <laughs> you look for it and you put it under the bunk. Start feeling sad. And really bad. Recently, myself and my classmates, we had a get together. And we were just looking back at those days. And, you know, some of them said, You mean this was the thing? These were the things that happened. We said, Yeah. I told one of them what I did for him one day. He said, were you the one that did it? I said, yes. He said, well, I want to chase me. I said, will you chase me now? <laughs> I was the one that did it for you. He didn't know. But I kept it. It was something I kept from them for how many years now. I told them. He said, you mean you are aware? I said, I kept it. A story that shook the school. And I knew it was fabricated. <laughs> I wanted to leave the body house. So me and the guy cooked up a story of kidnap. So <laughs> I'm saying it because it's already in the publication. 
So the whole school was just kidnapped. He said, we're going to kidnap 24 students. 24 students are going to be kidnapped. It was, I was not, it was, actually, it was not my idea. It was Aliu's idea. He wanted to leave the boarding house. I want to leave the boarding house. I had had diarrhea, dysentery, and all sorts. My dad took me to the hospital and took me back to the boarding house. I fell from the hospital. I just said, home, sweet home. Let me do day students. He didn't allow me. So we, he came up with the story. And then I, I, I just uh, agreed with his uh, account. So he, he had his other brother write a story about kidnap. And then he said, some guys came into the school with, with they had hood, all black. You know, we watch movies. <laughs> this is the letter. So I was waiting for the school to respond. Nobody responded. So I went, went for the midterm break. Then my parents used to attend one man's meetings like that, Professor G. Okozwa, who believes that he was higher than Jesus. But he did do some predictions that came to pass. Oh no, after much, much after that. Some great, I remember he gave a prediction uh, after that uh, about uh, Nigeria and Russia. And he predicted that it was going to be 4 4. He said he was going to score. You know, but I didn't believe him anymore. Because before then, when they took me to his house, and my mom and dad said, there's a kidnap story in government college, and all that, he just said, hmm, hmm. I was already afraid. Oh my God, there's no kidnap story. And then he said, they will come, but they won't get you. I said, idiot. <laughs> Alice said, they will come, but they should take me out of the school. He said, they won't get me. <laughs> I stopped believing the man. I walked away. I was so angry. So I went back to school. The midterm had been over. Of course, no kidnappers came. The school didn't do anything. They only reinforced security surrounding the compound. And so, we wrote another one. Foolish boys. They said, now they want 72. That just gave us away. But my own friend, the conspirator himself, his parents took him to the day, to day student. Be a day student. My own parents said, the blood of Jesus has <laughs> covered you. <laughs> so I told myself, Omo, six years, you're going to be here. Pay attention. <laughs> you know, so, I was that guy here. I said, on Saturdays, you are still happy on Saturdays, but Sunday evening, you're sad. So why are you sad? You can explain it. A whole week, even now that you are working, a Sunday evening, But if you are praying on Sundays, <laughs> just praying. <laughs> when I was in law school, you know, we 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 were coming back from somewhere. We had this fire in the hostel. Fire in the hostel it was towards the examinations. Fire in the hostel. One guy would just say, "Hey, hey, hey who died? Who died?" That guy said, "Ah," he said, "Somebody died. Somebody died." They said, nobody said, oh. He was just sad. He wanted the exams postponed. In the university, you wish the student, you know, just get up. We don't agree, oh. We don't agree. We don't agree. Freedom come, or freedom come. I saw good. I saw good. I saw good. <laughs> you want that. They are not doing anything. And then, you see the timetable. <laughs> Forever, oh Lord. <laughs> that what he said. So you can always calculate where your emotions came from. Sometimes you're sad because of what you read. You're just excited. You know, 
as something or you are afraid of something that you heard. So, in this instance, Jesus knew there was fear because of what he just heard and Jairus. So, he said, don't be afraid, only believe. He refused to hear or heed what they were saying. So, you, you, can, you can tell where your emotions came from. You can say, I love this man, I love this woman, unexplainably. There's nothing like that. Don't say, I can't just tell it, I just love you. That's not good. Be specific. Do you understand? The question, if you tell me that, the next one I'm going to ask you is, <laughs> did you die for my sins? Because that's the one we know that, you say, I, uh, majesty, your grace has found me empty handed. I say, that, you say, I can't explain it. You can't, why do you love me? You're intelligent, you're brilliant, you're spiritual, you're beautiful, you're handsome, or you're both. <laughs> it's very possible. <laughs> so in other words, you know where the emotions have come from. Learn to know what you heard. What did I hear? God asked Adam and Eve, who told you? There is no action that is not influenced. Did you hear me? Did you hear me? There is nothing you are doing that is not influenced. There is no action that is not influenced by something. I must have said something back then that blessed me. He said, no matter how full of the word you are, he said, if we take you to a place there are no Christians, no teachings, no exposure to the word of God, he said, he said and you stay there for a few months, it will simply reprogram you. That whatever is around you will either will can easily program you. That is, if you are full of the word and full of the spirit, and will just take you to where there is no word, no spirit, just you, and all you have are you know funny influences. All will happen. All that will happen is going to reprogram the way you think. That's why if you if you are around error for a while, you start to understand it, start to reason, and it's making sense. So it's not this difficult. So I, I, it's not. It's just that you are not hearing what they are saying. Well, why? Because you've been around for a while. We should ask you the question: Who told you? So know this very. Well. I'm going to repeat myself: that man is a product of influence. Did you hear that? <laughs> man is a product of influence. Jeremiah 10, 23 says, Not a man to know the way of a man. Ephesians 2, verse 1, Who were dead in transgressions and sins, who walked in the cause of this world, the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now walketh in the children of disobedience, among whom we all out of covenant and time passed in the flesh. So, we are all a product of influence. And influences are words spoken. Things we have heard, or things we have seen. So we need to get that there. What it means is, you need to ask yourself, why am I thinking like this? For example, fear has a root. Anxiety has a root. Why am I thinking like this? Why am I suddenly afraid? What did I hear? For example, (laughs) You know, there was a like that myself and my friends who were, we, we walk past a party. Normally we, we do our meetings in the evenings, at night. So we're done 
around 1 a.m. So we passed the part. That kind of part usually had a woman who used to sell a car and all that. So we passed and we went past. And, and then we just went, we were, we were talking, this thing, we stood at one spot, we talked, then we moved again. Then when we got to the room, we were told, do you know that some cold boys struck at that place? We said, hey. Which place? Where we passed. We said, oh. You know the next day, consciously, consciously, we move faster than yesterday. <laughs> consciously. Why? We heard something. So, now if we didn't hear what we heard, we would have moved slower. And who knows? Maybe that was just the only time they were going to strike there. Did you know, even years after, if I see that spot, I remember what they told me. Would I have been there when it happened? So, fear, faith, everything comes to you. It came to you. So, you don't say, I just sense, no, no, no. Sometimes it's just what you heard. What did you hear? And so, our ability to interpret and um, perceive properly the things we hear and see will dictate how our life goes. Let me say this. You know the Bible is written by men. How about that? And this is what I want you to understand. The Bible is written by men. Genesis through to Malachi, through to Matthew, then the book of Revelation. So if they ask you the word of God today, what you are going to quote is what a man wrote. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. Second Timothy 3.16 All scripture is given by inspiration of God. Given by inspiration of God. Now, the way the Greek is constructed, it looks very direct. Like God just inspired words that are in a book. But we know that's the compound statement. Theonistos in the Greek is actually one single word. I believe that the Greek... Um, the Greek rendering is quite better than the way the, the English split it up. So there are two words, theos, where you have God, T-H-E-O, and the word neustos, where you have neo to be to blow, to blow something, to inspire, to put your breath in something, or to cause something to be carried. So when it says all scripture, which is writings, by hiding the word scripture there, it means men wrote moved by the Holy Ghost. Because writing, the word grapho or graphe is done by men. James, John 5.39 You search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, that they will testify of me. Men wrote it. If you believe Moses, you will have believed me. John 5.46 For he wrote of me. John 5.46 John 5.39 Luke 24, 25, O fools, slow of heart, to believe what God said. Huh? All that the prophets have spoken. So what the prophet said, was it God who said it? Yes. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? Begin at Moses and all the prophets, explaining in all the scriptures 27, the things concerning himself. Hebrews 1, 1. As hundred times in diverse manners, the fathers 
heard all the prophets spoke to our fathers. In the fathers. In the prophets they spoke to the fathers. Second Peter 1.21 Verse 20 says, no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. The prophecy came not in the old time by the will of men, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So, in other words, God's voice in the earth is through men. Now, pause and look at what I'm about to say. And I, and I want you to get this right. You see, God's work in the earth. Pay attention here. You know, when we say, talk about what God does, because of the way we have been brought up to think about God, we look at the stars. We look at the firmament. We look at things that our hands cannot reach. But our Savior became a man. And that's why the, the, the psalmist says, What is man that you are mindful of him? Psalm 8 verse 4. Not a son of man that you visit him. Our Savior became a man. The fullness of God was found in a man. The Gospels were written by men. The epistles, the Old Testament. Mention it. Pay attention here. Which means God's work in the earth is through men. Listen to what I'm about to say. Outside of Jesus, all the men are not perfect. All the men. And that's what God's going to do. What we call the word of God in the Old Testament was written by men who were fallible. Yet the infallible God used fallible men to pass across an infallible message. The more I realize this in my study of scriptures, the more I understand how to value how God works. In other words, the way I treat relationships is the way I treat how God works. It's as simple as that. To believe all that the prophets have spoken, not even angels. It would be easier for many of us to think that, you know, it's easier for many of us to honor and respect angels. Because they look supernatural, they look spectacular. When angel comes across, they normally do shakara, I obey, I obey. But then God doesn't use angels to give us direction, purpose and vision like he does men. Yet angels are, in fact we say, you know, we're Maybe if you offend someone, say, I'm not an angel now. Don't you say? I'm not an angel now. You know? Somewhere in your subconscious, you agree that there's a being, an angelic being that doesn't do wrong, that you rather listen to. Yet, God's not going to use that. Even though it's not true that angels don't do wrong. But then, let's leave that out to this teaching. God doesn't do wrong. I mean, men that do wrong are used by God. And therefore it comes down to you where the Spirit of God lives. The Spirit of God lives in you. 1 Corinthians 6 and 19. 1 Corinthians 3.16 We together and individually are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Temple of God where the Holy Ghost lives in us. Yet you, the house of the Holy Ghost, you have human frailties and weaknesses. And yet, 
That's how God is still going to deal with you and relate with you. These are vital things. You need to realize. So God's voice in the earth. Now I want you to pay attention to something I missed that out. Notice what is called the word of God. The Logos in John 1.1 is what God said through people. 39 books, several commentators, several authors. God is speaking to believe all that the prophets have spoken. In other words, God's influence in the earth is through men and women. <laughs> From salvation, do you know God, the, the, the essence of salvation, you know, I've always said this before, and I still believe it, that if only to be because of you, Jesus, who have come. If, it's, if you were the only person in the earth, evangelistic sermons, to make people come out. If you're still, I'm here, it's just one person. But really, and then we go to the, the, the story of the Luke 15, where we, of course in Luke 15, we only have one sheep, 99, but nobody wants to be the pearl. Or the prodigal son. Because the sheep one looks like an idiot. I was on a sleep of tongue. I said that deliberately. <laughs> and I was just one. He leaves the 99 and goes for one. We form that narrative. But when you look at this, the story of God's salvation, it was always about a people. It's never about an individual. Remember? We said the theology of the Bible is a Christology, right? The Christology. That's not, that's not a statement for World Changers Conference. <laughs> so Christology is for what? Soteriology is explained by the salvation work of Christ, which is, the effect is inward, pneumatology, the work of the Spirit is the work of the Savior today. And where is that practice? In the ecclesiology, amongst the people that he saved, or he wants to save. In other words, we cannot, we can't separate the people from the Savior. He didn't come to save persons. He came to save a people. First Peter two two nine. You are a, a, a chosen generation. That's not something you say for yourself. I believe that sometimes in the year, particularly when we get to the subject of righteousness, we're going to go into the pronouns of the, of the gospel. And sometimes we clarify all of that. Um, a new creation and discover that much of our confession of faith have a lot to do with something God did for a people. And so when you see that, it means that you can't remove the church from what God did in the earth. What is it? What's the high point? What's the end point of it? It's the church. We sit at the table, every nation, and Jesus is the feast and the head of the table. And this is 
crucial to our understanding because you cannot understand Bible truth without a church perspective. If you have an individual perspective, a major ingredient of your understanding of scripture is missing. So he didn't come for a person, he came for a people. I say to you, yeah, Peter, upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. I will give unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever things you burn out, the burn heaven, whatever things you lose, not lose in heaven. Matthew 16, verse 18 and 19. In other words, it's about a church, the church. So the church is not, when we say church, what comes to my mind is a church service. Or, a guy told me in university, he said, I pastor a church, you pastor a fellowship. So what do you do in the church? He says, service. What do you now in fellowship? He says, fellowship. Very myopic thinking. But he got something wrong. The church is fellowship. That, that's why if you if you reach out to an unsaved person, he goes born again, the first thing you need to do for him is to lead him into a church, an assembly of believers, added to the church. That's what happened, Acts 2.41. We're added to the church. Added to the church. Added to the assembly. The very first manifestation of resurrection, Acts 1, they were assembled in one place. Then Acts 2, 1 to 4, in one place in one accord. As soon as the gospel was preached, Acts 2, 42, were added to them, not to the church, added to them 3,000 souls. Acts 2, 47, added to the church daily. Don't miss that. Is not just added to Christ, it's added to the church. The assembly. An assembly is required in salvation. So therefore, I can therefore, or better still, I can't separate the leading of the Spirit from the assembly of saints. The assembly of saints is God's method of leading me by His Spirit. You know, we always say, well, spiritual growth is in the church. Spiritual growth is in the church. Spiritual growth is ministered in the local church. We quote Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 to 14. Can you have spiritual growth without leading of the Spirit? No. So God's method of the leading of the Spirit is in the assembly of saints. Glory to God. A friend of mine, 26 years ago, wrote me a letter. And he, he was talking about the body of Christ. That was the year we changed the song, Oh Lord my God, to I see your church. That was, we sang another thing. I think we changed it later. But we sang something more, more wordman-like. So he said something that blessed me in that letter. That he wrote me. Because he was sent a letter to me. For those days that you go to the post office box to pick letters. I was P.O. Box 1033. So you go there to pick letters. So he had a long letter. Then he said, 
that you are a piece of a whole. The church of God is magnificent. Every nation and tribe is present. It's a church of one blood, one man, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Hallelujah. So every time you see you're a piece in the whole. In other words, God's leading, all right, He's not something that I can take out of the fellowship of saints. So, if we're teaching the witness of the leading of the Spirit, a fundamental witness of that leading is the assembly of saints. When believers come together, when believers come together, many of us have that in our experiences, you know, you can try to think until you just attend one of the meetings. Not a Holy Ghost meeting. And we make that mistake. We're always preparing for special meetings. Holy Ghost meetings. Or maybe, maybe camp meetings. You prepare very hard. But every Sunday service you prepare as soon as you get to the door. Oh, it's church. Oh, it's gone. Where's your Bible? Ah, it's, it's with my brother. You know. <laughs> Proverbs eleven fourteen. Learn some? Yeah. Proverbs 11.14 Where there is no counsel, the people fall. For in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Were there last week, right? Multitude of counselors, the Hebrew actually is counsel through people. 15 verse 22 Without counsel, purpose are disappointed, but in the multitude of counselors, they are established. Proverbs 24.6, the last one. For by wise counsel thou shalt make thy war, in mother of counsel of the city. This is so repeated that you can't lose it. So in other words, God's leading will not be faint. Yeah, is that clear? It will be in the multitude of counsel. And you say, when you say God's leading, God's leading is not 2 plus 2, is it 4? If you do that, you're going to fill all your school books. It's when you want to take decisions about your life and ministry, your life and ministry, or your life which is your ministry, your ministry which is your life, both together anyway. And he says here, there has to be multitude of cancer. But don't forget, he warns you. Not any kind of cancer. Blessed is the man who sits not where? Stands in the way of sinners. He doesn't sit in the cancel of the ungodly. Psalm 1 responds. In other words, not every kind of cancel. There is a cancel of the ungodly. The counsel of the ungodly. And the ungodly primarily is a, a non-Christian. Hope that's clear. What about a non-Christian godly Muslim? Hallelujah. 
My dad used to have one man like that who, who was his counselor. Man very pure. And because he has very high moral standards. It was my uncle. But I don't know how we related, but they just said it's my uncle. <laughs> you know that kind of people. If you are here, you get my point. Just your uncle. Try to ask questions. They say, um, someone's mother. Oh, thank you. So, no. I'll be too much for meditation. So we we'll go to the man's house. Man's who are white always and all that. So the man was a master counselor. And the man told me, I attend a Papa Paris. I am so so and so. He gave me the background. I looked at him. That's good to start. Then he started talking. That ministry should come out of. Said your father said that you are you are aspiring to be a pastor. I said no, I'm a pastor. <laughs> he said, Oh, are you not still a student? I said I'm a student. He said, Oh. He said, Well, it's all right. So he started talking. So he said, You know, it's when you come out. Of, it's your philosophy of experience, and he spoke for a while. Said, then that is when your ministry will come out. Then start mentioning different people that are ministries. The first five were not Christians. I know in those days, in those days I was still younger, so my head was always bubbling with scriptures, 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 scriptures. So I was, I was trying to unleash the dragon. For him, because he didn't quote any scripture. He was just talking generally about quite an experience. He's a very good man. And he said, you know, this and that. He spoke to me about when he went abroad, when he went to Bulgaria. He left Bulgaria. He came to United Kingdom. He said, long story. Now, at that time, you are lost. I was not lost. I had my no before he started. And my no for the end. So, I was pointing out, I saying some lovely things. He says, so, young man, you know, you do, there's so many things you cannot see. I can see it. When your dad was at Ife, he used to come to, I cancelled him. Before he did this, he gave me the record of his ministry. So he said, so at this age, you cannot understand ministry. What is called pastoring? You don't know about pastoring. When he was done. Second, I talk, sir. He said, yes. I went to Jeremiah 1. <laughs> I went to David. I went, he said, relax. That's Bible. He didn't even know the text I was quoting. He didn't know it. My counselor. <laughs> so, a very lovely man, nice man, but on godly counsel. Because if the counsel is not the word of God, it's not a godly counsel. It can be a nice one. You know, every religion has godly people. I have people that are very godly. Who pray, they are Muslims, they pray regularly. They are committed to their faith. They they don't smoke, they don't drink, they don't party, they don't have, they don't carry women, women don't carry them. They don't do anything 
but they are ungodly. Because God is the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So you don't negotiate your faith because of someone's behavior. So when it says, in the counsel of the ungodly, no stands in the way of sinners, it means I must do a personality scan. Is this person a believer? If he's not a believer, the Spirit of God is not working through this individual. Except the temple of the Holy Ghost is the entire humanity. If it's not, then I must look closely. So therefore, the motives of counsel have to come from people who are born again. And maybe let me add this, just like my uncle, maybe born again, but their ideas are not biblical. There are some folks that are born again, but their ideas are not scriptural. Their ideas are not, the ideas about life are not scriptural. Someone say, you know me, I don't know Bible, but I know life. You will talk like that. Now, if someone says that to you, you don't need a vision. You have seen the spirit behind the counsel. So the multitude of cancels will be born again men who walk in the light of God's word. Matthew 18. Matthew 18, Jesus sets the tone. I'll just mention this. Okay, Matthew 18. If your brother shall offend you or have a trespass against you, verse 15. Go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. He sh- shall hear you that gain that brother. Then look at 16. If he will not hear you, take with you one or two more. The mouth of two or three witnesses, every word is established. You've seen other texts of that. John 8, 17. Every word is established. You also observe that when Jesus took, went to the Mount of Transfiguration, Matthew 17, he went with three. Peter, James, and John. Three. In 1 Corinthians 14, Paul will say, If you will prophesy, let it be by two, or at most by three. That's 1 Corinthians 14, verse 29. Let the other judge. 1 Corinthians 14, 27 and 29. Let the other judge. In 1 Timothy 5.19, if you are going to bring an accusation before an elder, Paul says, let it be two or three witnesses. In 2 Corinthians 13.1, the same thing, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. Which means, truth is established by more than one evidence. If something is true, it doesn't stand alone. It has to be evidence corroborated and confirmed. If the gospel was such proven that it has two or three witnesses, the resurrection of Jesus, his ascension, and so on and so forth, then the leading of the Spirit follows the same pattern. What it means to us in Matthew 18, it says, if they will not hear the two or three, tell it to the ecclesia. Tell it to the church. So the church, or the assembly of saints, is the witness of the leading of God's spirit. And I've observed this in my little experience as a Christian, as a minister. If Satan wants to distract people or mislead them, he first of all takes them out of a company. 
out of a company where they can hear. In fact, the reason why many of us know how God leads is because we heard it in the midst of believers. Much of our prayer meetings, our prayer lives were strengthened first amongst believers. Bible study, you discover that you can always trace it to believers strengthening you in that area of your Christian world. Let me see if you understand what I'm talking about. And it goes the same way with how to listen to God's Spirit. Many times is when you listen to a teaching, or you're in church, it seems like, oh my God, that means what I heard the other day is not God. You just know it supernaturally. And so the assembly of saints is the witness to the leading of the Spirit. If I'm praying over something, if I'm taking a decision, maybe it's about my job, maybe it's about marriage, maybe it's about kids, maybe it's about traveling, maybe it's about ministry, whatever. I must therefore see as attending a, 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 an assembly of believers as one of the ways and a very critical mode of being clear or being sure. In Acts 16, find Paul. I've said this in many fora that there's no gifting of God's Spirit in my life that I did not discover in the assembly of saints. I've said that over the years. You've heard me say it again and again. In Acts 16, and that's just a biblical pattern. In Acts 16, we read the account. If you've followed us on the leading of the Spirit. We've used this account many times. In verse 6, Luke says that we had gone through Phrygia and the, and the region of Galatia. Notice the words he used. And were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word nation. Did you discover that the phrase he uses is collective? Not one single individual. We were forbidden. In other words, we knew collectively what should not be done. Let's see the next one. Then he says in verse 7, And they were come to Messiah. They, again, they were they had gone this day. And as they to go into Bithynia, and the Spirit suffered them not. They. Then in verse 9, a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over unto Macedonia and help us. Now, I want us to read verse 10. I'll give you what it looks like pictorially and then correct it. Let's take verse 10. And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go to Macedonia, as suddenly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach. The way it sounds is like this. Okay, the first time we couldn't go, second time we couldn't go. Paul just came, hello guys, I saw a vision, Macedonia, right? Pack our bags. No. That verse 10 is so packed that we have to unpack it. Unpack it. The word used there is sumbabayazo. S-U-M-B-A-B-I-A-Z-O. S-U-M-B-A-B-I-A-Z-O. Some babazo, which is the word assuredly gathering, actually means we put together many things. We put together many things. This is how to establish truth. Look up, guys. You know the way we teach Bible doctrine? 
and we go through voluminous evidences. That is how to establish the leading of the Spirit. And it says here, watch this, verse 10. Something that is in Acts 9, Acts 9.22. Acts 9.22 says, Proving that this is the very Christ. That is, he put together many scriptures proving that this is the very Christ. Acts 9.22. Acts 19.33. Some babayazo. To put together many things and then come to a conclusion. And the Jews putting him forward and Alexander beckoned with the hand and will have made his defense unto the people. Again, the word to put together many things to make a defense. First Corinthians 2.16 Who had known the mind of the Lord to explain him? Or the word says to instruct him. It means to gather things together from the Old Testament and teach about Jesus. Ephesians 4.16 Ephesians 4.16 To whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted Joined together. Many things together. Colossians 2, 2. Colossians 2 and 2. And their hearts might be comforted, be knit together in love. Knit together. Colossians 2, 19. Knit together. In other words, everything came together. It came together. Then they knew the Lord has called us. It came together. Just the way we come, we put the scriptures together to see God's wisdom and counsel as touching salvation is the very way and method we are led by the Spirit of God. A single evidence truth is dangerous. It must be corroborated. It must be substantiated. Look at Timothy. In 1 Timothy 4.14, Paul says, The gift that is in you by the laying on of hands of elders, prosbyteros, many people given to you by their prophecy. 1 Timothy 4.14 2 Timothy 1.6 He says, Tell the gift that is in you by the putting on of my hands. Look at that. That's sufficient proof. Not one. Not two. Sure. But more. Look at Paul. Acts 13. Verse 2. Separate me, Barnabas and Saul. The Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the walk whereto I have called them. Separate me. What was going on? Acts 13 verse 1. They were at the church. At the church at Antioch. Certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas, Simeon that was called Niger, Lucius of Sarri, Manah, who had been brought up with Herod the Taker and so As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me Barnabas and Saul for the walk where I have called them. That's Paul and then Timothy. 
So you have both in the written word, both in the utterances and revelation, you have a couple of things coming together to say the same thing. And that is how the leading of the Spirit is. Put this down again. There is no truth without corroboration. It has to be evidence. Out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. In other words, what it means is, I must exercise patience. I must. I must exercise patience. Last week we closed by saying, don't run at every opportunity. Yeah. Ensure that as you are praying, you don't close your mind to a witness of the Spirit to what you sense God is telling you to do. Or is not telling you to do. Don't shut your mind when you come to the assembly of believers. I'm not talking about Holy Ghost meetings. No. Even though that's a, cure, a part of what I'm talking about. But I'm saying just, you're just around church. Just around believers. And you, you just find someone sharing, someone praying, someone leading worship. And what, what, what happens? You, you seem to have, wow, just, I've heard that again. I sense that again. And, and, and sometimes it's just, because we trust there is the Holy Ghost walking in the church. Sometimes it's giving announcements. And that's why we have to be careful who gives announcements. Don't give it to people that uh, they, they're just doing comed, 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 comedian skits. And you just hear those things and you feel, I've heard this before. I've heard this before. Praise God. And that's the Spirit of God speaking to you. Particularly if you're a pastor, you can be very sensitive in the assembly of believers. Have you seen sometimes you, you're trying to cancel someone and then Maybe your pastor just talks along that area and you say, wow, now I know what to say. Praise the Lord. That is the leading of the Spirit. What if you paid more attention? What if you listened more? Praise God. And, and you know, let me, let, let's try and see something. You know that it took the resurrection for Jesus' disciples to go back and say, Oh, oh, which means that they weren't paying attention out of familiarity. If he had come to them in a vision, they would have listened. But because he came as a man. Peter, the first time Peter saw a miracle, looked five, he said, You bump up, you bump up, I'm a sinner, I'm a sinner. He said, no, 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 I'm not worthy to be close to you. Not long after that, he says, no, let, let it be far from you. I command you to not die. There is some, some canality there. Now we know that everything Jesus said was actually the revelation of God. But I'm not sure they knew that. 
We sure they didn't. They had to now remember. They had to remember. And whatever he said was written there in the scriptures. In other words, you and I need to be alert. That's why I said, oh Jerusalem, you don't know the time of your visitation. Just like Jacob said, the Lord was here and I did not know. Many of us would not even pay attention when God is clarifying that witness you had in your spirit. That thing you seem to pick up in the place of prayer. Then it's like he's saying it again. But because at that point you were trying to answer your phone. You thought this is church. I think the spiritual moment is when I'm alone in my room. And I'm lifting my hand. Some of us will say, I just, I just had this doctrine of intimacy with Jesus. Intimacy. Intimacy. Oh. Oh. You are in the church. They are teaching. You are going. I'm just going. Say intimacy. Now I shut the door. Oh, I love you, Jesus. Oh, I'm in love with you. You are in love with me. Oh, then you begin to see images. I see you. You, know. you see? I don't worship. I started. They start hearing voices. Oh, I've set you on this path. You are the apple of my eye. There's no like you. That's God telling you. There's no like you. Because you are giving yourself to see this in spirits. Hallelujah. You follow what I'm saying? You are listening. You are listening. Say, I have godly friends. Say, I have godly friends. Say, I have godly friends. If you're a pastor, so breed people that are led by the Spirit of God. Sometimes they are talking, you listen. Whenever I'm speaking with the leadership, and we're having discussions, I listen. I pick things up. I say, wow, that's true. Amen. There are many things we're doing today. I listen to leadership, not myself. Then it became clear. In the assembly of believers. Today, our ministry runs a website that's blessed the world. And it's keep, keep blessing the world for many, many decades. But you know, I... We had been thinking about, you know, reaching the body of Christ and teaching the word by prophecy. We knew that. And one time I went to Keith Moore's church. And Reverend Keith Moore. We'll call Brother Keith Moore. That's what they call him. So I, I saw something. I liked it. But I didn't know. So that night, it didn't leave my heart what I saw. I couldn't interpret it. I just felt, this is something. You know, and I'm not one trying to duplicate what people do in ministry, so I kept praying and trusting God. What, what, what's this about? You know, I just, I mean, I'm led by the Spirit of God. I teach it, but somewhere I just wasn't clear. And someone just walks over to me and says, Pastor, what about if rather than these things that we do, uh, where we, after special meetings, you know what I'm talking about, we now slash the price for CDs. Or we say, just give it. Say, what if we just put it online? And people don't have to buy the CDs. A lot of people have access to it. When the person was talking, I was hearing God. Hallelujah. In fact, the person can't remember 
this conversation where I, I was hearing God. It was right in front of when we were 378 about Macaulay. Right there, I said, wow, that's God talking to me. That's it. And the nations today who have been blessed because of that. How come I didn't pick it up in my fasting and prayer? There are things God will not tell you. Except you listen to some people. Get that clear. Huh? Does it make sense? Get that really clear. That's why we pray the way we pray. That's why we stay on the word. We teach the word. So that your cancels can come from God's spirit. Because that's how God witnesses his leading in our lives. So, let nobody speak down on your congregation. You are too spiritual. You are too spiritual. Let's let down the air. When you let down the air, you let down the devil. Let's be full of the spirit. Hallelujah. We could save many people. Do you get it? What about having brain? I just say, I just sense that we should pray. Hallelujah. You know, one day I sat down and I said this. I was sharing a story about my life and I said how at a point in time I was so depressed. Depressed by what brethren did to my soul. 24 years ago. 25 years. 24, 25 years. I was so depressed that I decided to take my own life. I've never said this story publicly before. I said I can't continue doing ministry. We saw devils. Because you are not casting out devils again. They are casted in. But I didn't pray. I didn't do anything. And I'm here. You know what I believe? Someone didn't give up in prayer. Someone was praying. So I told some folks outside, I said, there we never would know who made things happen. In many instances. There's nothing God does in the earth outside prayer. Somebody must have gotten up and he said, Let me pray. He woke up and he began to pray. And I was given up. I don't know who it was, but I'm sure I'm going to see the person one day. And there are people like that. They prayed. Now, that means someone yielded to the Spirit. Glory to God. House. House. So, and when I came out of that stupid state, I told myself, it means you are not spiritually strong. Why should what people tell you get to you so much? Now I began to build a real spiritual life. That is why today, I just look at you. You don't know what I've been through. Can I preach that? Come on. <laughs> so, Somebody somewhere yielded to the Spirit. So I'm all, I'm forever grateful for one believer that I don't even know. Sometimes the fellow could just be led to fast. Do you get it? He doesn't know why. She doesn't know why. Fasting and praying in the name of Jesus. Ministers are released. There's no, no, that, that, that brother will preach the gospel. That sister, and it's someone just about to take his life. Who knew all the E.W. Kenyon? E.W. Eggy. Can I tell you E.W. And yet he gave up. But thank God for the Spirit. Thank God for the leading of the Spirit. So there are things 
that are so precious, God walks through you. To save someone, to lead someone, to guide someone. That is what is called church. Hallelujah. Say, I love the church. I love the body of Christ. So when Brother Higgins said, one day, he said, we will all be, I read what he said, I first read in, 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 a, in a, I believe in visions and then uh, out of intercession. Uh, and I didn't understand it. I liked it. I, but when, years later, I cast my mind back, when he said, many of us will cry when we stand before Jesus and we discover how many times we threw away the leading of God's spirit in prayer. And I said to myself, I understand that. I understand that. Well, look at how reckless I was as a younger minister. Extremely reckless. Reckless in the sense of, I won't travel until it is 1 a.m. So that I can come tomorrow and say, ah, any time of the day, <laughs> we are working. We are working. 1 a.m. I will leave Lagos for a learning. Who does that? And I said, ah, you know what happened? There's not that I was late, no traffic. Oh. I'll just wait till 1 a.m. To prove that the word, the word. I was told someone, I said, put poison in the food, let me eat it. To prove, <laughs> let me stop that. <laughs> You know, those things, somebody must have been praying against my foolishness. In the name of Jesus, his foolishness will not kill him. It will not kill him. <laughs> it's going to yield to the Spirit. So when you pray, it may look like it's boring, but something is happening. I'm not teaching prayer, am I? Looks like I'm teaching prayer. But I guess that's how I'm being led this evening. You yield to the Spirit. You yield to the Spirit. Have you sometimes your prayer, your prayer meeting just changes tone? Changes tone. Pa, 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 pa. What's going on? Something's been done. Anytime you are praying, remember this story. Alright? Never forget this story. That's why I'm here today. So there are people that we are going to be responsible for their lives. You say you were tired, you had to sleep. When you want to pray, you were chatting. Well, there was no chatting then. Now you have enough devils around you. Satan is all over. You are chatting, watching something. You are busy. Well, God, put people under your care. And destinies of apostles of God in the earth. You are thinking of leaving the country. So when he puts a burden of prayer in your heart, the burden of your heart is visa. Then you say, the word is not growing. The word is not growing. Do you know what you did to that? A service you will have attended. And be there. And God's spirit will have ministered to someone. You did not go. God's church has God's leading. Did you hear me? The witness to the leading of the spirit is the assembly of saints. Glory to God. I'm saying in your office. I'm saying in your home. I'm saying in your office when believers come together. That devotion you have in the morning. You get it? And you're praying. Something you will say by the Spirit can save lives. Do you get what I'm talking about? There was a practice of those days. When you are told to preach for 10 minutes, you pray and say, Lord, give me a word. I know, yes, you have to study the scriptures. But you know, the intent of what they were saying was, so that 
If there's something you want to tell someone, I'll tell the person for you. That is the witness to the leading of the Spirit. Who's learning something here? Praise the Lord. Hebrews 10, 24. Glory to God. You know, there's some doctrines that teach the Bible that have been re- mis- mis- mistaught. I know some generations used to teach covering. And they taught one manipulative, you know, dominating covering like that. But there's such a thing as covering. Where because you are with some believers in a particular local church, they pray, you know, they are led of the Spirit of God to guide you and all of that. It helps you. Amen. Are you there? Where were we? Hebrews 10. You learning something? Glory to God. Put your hands in 1 Corinthians 6. As we go to Hebrews 10. Hebrews 10, 24. Let us consider one another to provoke one another unto love and to good works. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another to so much the more as you see the day approaching. Now look at 1 Corinthians 6. I'm going to show you something before we go back to Hebrews. Paul says, if you have a matter, oftentimes this is a scripture quoted more for uh, believers' authority boastings. But Paul says, if there is a, a, a matter against another, go to the law, do you go to the law against the unjust, before the unjust, and not before the saints? He says, do you not know that the saints shall judge the world? And if the world shall be judged by you, how unworthy are you to judge the smallest matters? Look at three. Know you not that you shall judge angels? How much more things that pertain to this life? Biotikos in the Greek. B-I-O-T-I-K-O-S. Things of this life. A word you are going to see him use again in verse 4. Things of this life. Then in verse, in, in Luke 21, 34. Taken from the word bios. Earthly life. That means even earthly life. My career path. I think it's just about listening to a, a counselor, a job counselor. Yes. The person that's expert in job counsel. How to, uh, 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 your, sorry, your career. Yeah, do all your best. Listen to, to natural people who have natural knowledge. But that's not all about you. He says, those matters can be judged by saints. Bios, the word in 1 Timothy 2 2, 2 Timothy 2 4, 1 John 3 16 and 17. Things of this life. Hallelujah. Are you there? Things of this life. Look at verse 5. I speak to your shame. Is, not a, is there not a wise man among you? No, not one that is able to judge between his brethren. See, there's wisdom in the church. The word there is the word sophos. A word he had used earlier in 1 Corinthians 1.26. Not many wise after the flesh. But he says there are people wise by the Spirit of God. Say so we are wise by the Spirit of God. By the Word of God. The wisdom of God is here. I didn't hear. So the wisdom of God is here. So the wisdom of God... Is in this gathering. Is in this assembly. 
when believers come together anywhere in the world the wisdom of God is there the wisest men are in the body of Christ the wisest men are in the body of Christ I have what I say that the wisest man in the body of Christ wisdom is in the body of Christ I have what I say that wisdom and insight is in the assembly of saints is found by the Holy Ghost is found in the Holy Ghost hallelujah you hear that so how can you say you judge angels you judge the world including the professors and then it comes to matters focus small matters then you think the Holy Ghost cannot handle it. Glory to God. Are you following what I'm saying here? This is in verse 4. It says, If then you are judgment of things pertaining to this life, set them to judge who are least esteemed in the church. Now look, the person you think doesn't know in the church, has more wisdom by the Spirit of God. Many of us are minds that brainwash in the world. Has more wisdom by the Spirit of God. Say, I love the body of Christ. Say, I love the local church. I love believers in my church. Hallelujah. I told someone yesterday, when you see a believer who is imperfect, is a mirror of yourself. Is there anybody here who doesn't make errors? But Higgy used to say, Someone told me, I just made a mistake. Say, Welcome to the club. We're still going to do many. Oh, thank God for the grace of God. And the leading of God's Spirit. I received the wisdom of God. In the house of God. Paul calls it the pillar and ground of the truth. Hallelujah. You know what it means is, there's so much clarity that you start finding in meetings. Prayer group meetings. Study group meetings. Praise God. Midweek services. Leaders meetings. Workers meetings. Everything has the wisdom of God for you. You do hear what I'm saying here. Glory to God. For service. Second service. Membership classes. The spirit of God is working. He's witnessing to his leading in your life. Hallelujah. Are you following this? Let's close here. Hebrews 10. Woo! Glory to God. Hebrews 10, 24. Glory to God. Provoking unto love and to good works. It means to stimulate. To stimulate unto love and to good works. Let's take 25 together. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. The word forsaking is the exact word used in Matthew 27, 46. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Mark 15, 34. It means to abandon. It's used for Jesus to separate yourself. Acts 2, 27, 31. Whatever leads to separation is, the, is not the spirit of God. Did you hear me? Do you hear what I'm saying? The Christian life is never lived in isolation. Never. Never. Never, brother, sister. Never, never, never. Walking with God is walking with men. Did you hear me? 
Walking with God is walking with walking with God is walking with men. Loving God is loving men. Hearing from God is hearing from men. Appreciate the assembly of saints. Hallelujah. More so a local church where men are taught the word and the things of the spirit. Trust God's wisdom there. Not forsaking. The assembling together of ourselves. You know Hebrews 13.5 says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Then it says, you also must not forsake the assemblings of believers, assemblies of believers. As the manner of some is, the Greek word there is, as a custom. When I'm tired on Saturday, I won't be in church on Sunday. And then foolishly you are praying on Sunday morning. Where, where should you be now? You should be among believers. They are praying in tongues in your room. As a man of psalmist. As a man of psalmist. That's why when people are confused. Or they say, well, I want to take some time out. And they claim they want to take some time out and go somewhere for months. They usually get more confused. You don't get light in darkness. You only get light in light. If you are confused, come around. If you are confused, come and pray. It's a voice that speaks that continues speaking. Are you hearing what I'm saying here? You can't walk in obedience and disobedience. I pray for you in the name of Jesus that your heart will hear these things clearly. In the name of Jesus. Let's pray. Let's pray. Just pray in tongues.